Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Oh, hey, that's us. We is back. Is we? We is. All right. Into I'm, a, I'm certainly glad we be. Tuesday morning we uh, go, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Those are numbers to get through and participate in the show if you would like. Those are also the numbers you will be calling. we got quite a few uh, things that we'll be giving away this morning for you. Um, in addition to the $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel for our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, which, by the way, we will be giving away all this week and on Friday morning. It will also be our sweet deal of the week mm-hmm. that uh, for, for a minute or two. <laughs> I was just going to say we'll we'll try and figure out if it will set a new record. Uh, I think the current record is like a minute and twenty three seconds. Although I do notice, uh, I, I did check, they've added more. Is that right? In the past, they'd had a hundred gift certificates that were up for sale. They have one hundred and sixty this time. One hundred and sixty yeah. this time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can sell out as quick with 160 but some of the complaints that we've got in the past is why don't they add more it, it was gone by the time i got there and i got there right at the top of the hour <laughs> well i mean you, when you have that many people trying to get fantastic food at lock stock and barrel um they're gonna go fairly quick so um just a reminder that coming up friday morning nine o'clock sharp you want to go there a few minutes early especially if you've never registered so that all you have to do is click on it and be ready to go Right at nine o'clock when they go on sale, everybody has an equal chance. Um, you know, it's the only place you can get it is on a computer or mm-hmm. some sort of uh, handheld device or whatever your phone. I have purchased them before over my phone, so you can do it that way. Um, but just be ready to go because they will go very, very quickly. These are the fastest selling half price deals that we've ever had. So that's coming up Friday morning. We have free ones to give away all this week. In addition to that, we have two home games coming up here for you. The first one is. Uh, coming up on Friday, Boise t- State takes on UNLV here at Extra Mile Arena. We had over 10,000 people in uh, Extra Mile Arena for the last game against San Jose State. Hoping to have another big game Friday night. We have tickets for you to go absolutely free, so that will help out. In addition to that, today we also have another chance for you to pick up your tickets to the fabulous Chancellor's mm-hmm. fabulous Valentine's Ball at the uh, fabulous... <laughs> Riverside Hotel. How's it? How's it going to be? Do you think? It's fabulous. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, you can. By the way, I found out yesterday you can make it even more fabulous oh. um, by adding dinner or a room. They have room specials for you know, Valentine's Day both, night. Both of those things do, in fact, sound fabulous. Yeah, so you can make it even more fabulouser. Is that a word? Uh, it is now. Okay, more fabulouser by uh, calling the Riverside to. Uh, you can add a dinner. And a hotel package think, to your night stay. That way you can drink of, as much as you want, not have to drive home. There are a lot of things to compare it to, so the, the correct word could be fabulousist. Okay, I'll take that word, too. Okay. Yeah. It's the most is fabulous. It's the most is fabulous. So we'll have tickets to give away. So those are reasons to lock in your speed dial. Um, all of those will be given away this morning sometime before 10 o'clock. So lock it in there. You can also email us. You can't win by emailing us. But if you want to take part in the show, email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Or you can text us, uh, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Um, the uh, Oscars will be announced a little bit later today. 
Oscar nominations. Probably yeah. here in about an hour, I'm guessing, just after 7 o'clock our time. Razzies were announced yesterday. <laughs> There's a new category that's just for Bruce Willis. Because <laughs> he's basically a Razzie <laughs> legend at this point. Well, at, at some point, uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the movies that he's released this past year. Um, he's gotten to the point, and I mean, heck, for him, the career he's had, if you just want to do stuff to make money, go ahead at this point. Because, I mean, Hollywood kind of shut down, so there probably weren't a lot of great movie roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's at the point of his career, and he even admitted it in an interview that said, hey, if you pay me money, I'll make a movie for you right now. Okay, worst picture? I don't think I saw any of these. Diana the Musical. Never heard of it. Infinite. Karen, Space Jam, Karen. A New Legacy. That was a horrible oh, wait. movie, by the way. And The Woman in the Window. I did see that with Amy Adams. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, Space Jam, I had such high hopes because of how good the first one was. Mm-hmm. Space Jam, uh, the new one, was not good in any way, shape, or form. Worst actor, Scott Eastwood for Dangerous. Uh, Roe Hartremf uh, as Prince Charles in Diana the Musical. LeBron James in Space Jam, A New Legacy. He was, he was bad. Not a surprise. Ben Platt in Dear Evan Hansen, which would be interesting because he won a Tony for that, so he might get a, a Razzie and a Tony for the same role. And let's see, Mark Wahlberg in Infinite. Worst actress, Amy Adams for The Woman in the Window. Uh, Gina DeWall for Diana the Musical. Megan Fox for Midnight in the Switchgrass. Haven't oh, heard of that. See, now, I, I have that? that. No, I haven't saved. I oh. haven't watched it. Um, but the... Trailer looks fantastic. Okay. And by the way, I believe Bruce Willis is also in that movie. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Uh, let's see. Taryn Manning for Karen and Ruby Rose for Vanquish. And then they got Worst Supporting Actress. Amy Adams gets another one for Dear wow. Evan Hansen. Amy, Amy Adams is a good actress, Sophie too. Sophie Cookson for Infinite. How bad was that movie that Amy Adams was in? Uh, Dear Evan Hansen? Well, it's based on a Broadway musical, so I'm not sure. Uh, Sophie Cookson, Infinite, Aaron Davey as Camilla Parker Bowles in Diana the Musical, <laughs> Judy K. Diana the Musical. Uh, Diana the Musical says pretty much all you need to know. Judy K. as both Queen Elizabeth and Barbara Cartland in uh, Diana the Musical, Taryn Manning in Every Last One of Them, which is not the, the you know, that doesn't talk about her career. That's the name of the movie, Every Last One of Them. Right. Then we're supporting actor Ben Affleck in The Last Duel. Uh, Nick Cannon in The Misfits, Mel Gibson in Dangerous, Gareth Keegan uh, in uh, Diana the Musical. He played James Hewitt, the muscle-bound horse trainer, the one that looks like <laughs> Prince Harry, and uh, Jer- Jared Leto for House of Gucci. Now, the funny category, worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. And the uh, nominees are Bruce Willis for American uh, Siege. Wait, wait. Aren't Bruce, these all Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis for Apex. Yeah, that's uh, Bruce Willis. I didn't want to, you know, give it away. Bruce Willis for Cosmic Sin. Bruce Willis for Deadlock. Bruce Willis for Fortress. Bruce Willis for Midnight in the Switchgrass. Bruce OJ Willis was in that one. Yeah, that's true. Bruce Willis for Out of Death and Bruce Willis for Survive the Game. Well, I'm pulling for Bruce Willis in that category. KBOI News time. I think he's a shoe in. 6.15, let's get our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch. Already there this morning, have been there for a while, getting your food ready, made from scratch every single morning at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Good morning. Some more good news for Boise State men's basketball. Tyson Degenhardt 
scored more points than any freshman in a conference game for Boise State since 1994, and the Mountain West is taking notice once again. For a league-leading sixth time this basketball season, Tyson Degenhardt has been named the Mountain West Freshman of the Week. Degenhardt averaged 18 points, 6.5 rebounds, and shot 59% from the floor. He also made 6 of 11 from 3 during the week. He had a career high in points with 23 and rebounds with 8 on Saturday against San Jose State. When Degenhardt was inserted into the starting lineup, that's when the Broncos began to take off. Boise State won't play again until Friday at home against UNLV. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There was no Mountain West basketball last night, but there are several games playing tonight. Utah State will go and play at Wyoming. Air Force will play at UNLV, and Nevada will host Colorado State. There's also another game scheduled for tomorrow on Wednesday. San Diego State will be at San Jose State. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 622, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and be a part of the show. Calling 208-336-3700. You can uh, email us or text us. Brian Flores who uh, last week filed suit against the uh, NFL and uh, also some specific teams alleging racism um, in his firing and hiring, did not get hired yesterday. Coach Lovey Smith got hired uh, by the uh, Houston Texans Texans yesterday, by the way, in case you uh, don't know, uh, Lovey Smith is also a person of color. And former head coach of the Chicago Bears. Also former defensive coordinator, or not former, he was the current defensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, so they uh, basically moved him up. They promoted him from within. I, you know, I I, I believed in, in everything Brian Flores was, was saying about, you know, the, the fact that he didn't get a real look for the New York Giants based on Bill Belichick's text messages congratulating him for the job three days before he got hired, before Bill Belichick realized he was texting the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person he happened to text had an interview coming up for that job that Bill Belichick was congratulating somebody, congratulating somebody for already getting. Yeah. So I, I have, totally have his back on that part of it, and you know this might be the smoking gun However, his lawyers yesterday said that the Texans only hired Lovey Smith over Brian Flores because of the coach's lawsuit in the NFL. That's the only reason that they said Lovey Smith was hired instead of Brian Flores. So the fact that he has head coaching experience didn't have anything to do with it? The fact that he was already with the Houston Texans yeah, and they, a coordinator, yeah, promoted the fact that he that is was all just a coincidence. Also black. Um, so w- when his attorneys said that, it's like, dude. Um, and they said, if that is truly the case, if you really believe that it's the case that he didn't get hired because he had filed suit against the NFL, then you guys were idiots. You guys, all you had to do as lawyers should have been smart enough because you're paid a lot of money to do stuff and think about things like this. Don't file your lawsuit against the NFL until all the coaching positions had been filled. Then, even if he was hired as coach of the Houston Texans or New Orleans Saints or one of the other teams, he could still file the suit 
and not have to worry about whether or not he was going to get hired because the team doesn't want to take on somebody who might be involved in the middle of a lawsuit against their own team and the NFL. Gotcha. So if that really is your feeling, as a lawyer, you're pretty dumb. You could have just waited two weeks because they filed the suit just actually not even a full two weeks ago. They filed the lawsuit last week. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it looks like all the head coaching positions are, are filled. Uh, new uh, Orleans also filled from within. Their defensive coordinator will be the new head coach. Um, but um, Flores had not even interviewed for that job, was not up for that job. So I don't know. It, I, I, I believe in everything that you said up to that point that there might be a smoking gun here, but now you're claiming that the only reason that he did not get hired, and that was their claim, was because of the lawsuit. Then you, you should have known that going in and just waited a couple of weeks. Maybe wait till after the Super Bowl, then file your suit. Even if he did get hired, you know, you, you have a case, I believe, based on, you know, those inadvertent text messages. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway... That gets all the uh, head coaching positions filled, which means that uh, Kellen Moore will be staying at Dallas as the uh, offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Um, he also hired uh, Dallas. Just hired the uh, a former Boise State coach, uh, wide for their wide receivers coach, which I think could be really good for Kellen Moore because he was also coaching with when Kellen Moore was playing here, mm-hmm. um, and I forgot his Robert Prince. Oh, he yeah. got hired as a wide receivers coach. Yeah, he was here uh, for Dallas. So several, several years. Yeah, so it gives him. Uh, a matter of fact, I think uh, Prince was here a couple different times. Um, so gives him uh, a little more help on the if offensive side um, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Once again, I hate rooting for Dallas, but I just love Kellen Moore so much. <laughs> KBOI News Time at six twenty six. We'll take a break. Uh, news coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, phone lines are open. As I mentioned, we've got a lot of things that you can win this morning. If you want those tickets to Boise State, UNLV, this coming Friday night, hang on. We've got those coming up for you. Also, fabulous Chancellor's Valentine's Ball coming up Saturday night. All that and more here on Newstalk KBY. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are Newstalk KBY. Oh, we're just less than one week away from the day of love. Or as some people call it, Monday. Oh, I thought you meant Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) Because, you know, people love Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, um, you've got two big celebrations going on, Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday, and then, of course, you have uh, Valentine's Day on Monday. And if you want, on Saturday, it's Lincoln's birthday, which used used to be a holiday years ago. Yeah. By the way... Um, we are helping you with your celebration this year. So if you're uh, wondering what you're going to be doing with your significant other for Valentine's Day, we are giving away tickets to the fabulous Chancellor's Valentine's Day Ball. Uh, it's coming up on Saturday night. Chance for you to go and uh, enjoy some uh, dancing, some live music. Now, of course, you can also put that together, make it even more fabulous if you would like by calling the Riverside and uh, booking a Room. They have special room rates for the night also. Uh, this includes the uh, tickets, though, to uh, the uh, dance and the Valentine's Day ball. 
Um, we've got those for you. If you're up early this morning and would like to uh, go, here's your chance to do it. Caller number six, you are going to be a winner. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, caller number six, fabulous Chancellor's Valentine's Ball coming up here Saturday night. Riverside Hotel in downtown Boise. Caller number six, those tickets are yours. Dial carefully and good luck. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 640, congratulations going out to Gary John. Yes, that is just one person, even though it's two first names. Gary John, congratulations. Gary uh, has himself set up for uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, at least the uh, couple days before Valentine's Day. Probably going to have to mm-hmm. get some flowers or something like that on Valentine's Day. But uh, we've got uh, tickets for him to the uh, fabulous Chancellor's, Chancellor's Valentine's Ball going on this coming Saturday night. And that's happening at the uh, Riverside Hotel. Once again, uh, it is available uh, to anybody who wants to go, not just people who win their tickets, but we have tickets that we're giving away all this week. Don't forget if you want room or uh, dinner reservations to call the Riverside. You can also make it even more fabulouser than it already is. That's all. uh, Not all we have to give away today. Still on the way for you. We have tickets. UNLV, Boise State, Extra Mile Arena this Friday night. You can, of course, hear all the action here on KBOI, but we will have tickets also for you to win all this week. So uh, listen in before 10 o'clock. We'll have a chance for you to win that. Update on a story we told you about last week. Remember, told you about the insane $579,000 Mm payoff on that parlay. That's right, yeah. Um, A $20 bet on FanDuel um, netted the winner $579,000 because as a parlay, they picked the final score of both the AFC and NFC championship games, which it's just astronomical to pick the final score of one game, but to do both of them in a parlay, that's why it's such a big mm-hmm. payoff. Now, naturally, because it's great for marketing, FanDuel is quick to share uh, betters unlikely uh, as heck windfall from uh, Parland social media. The screenshot posted by FanDuel and included the uh, handle Jet Honig. Just one problem. The name on the Instagram account, Jet Honig, was quickly discovered to be a high school student who won't even <laughs> be graduating until 2025. And is, and is too young to participate, right? Yeah, so there is an investigation going on. Um, however, now the uh, kid's father is claiming that it was his bet, not his son's bet. Well, of mm. course you would claim that. <laughs> you you would give that a shot, yeah. If there's $579,000 on the line, I you know. Yeah, um, it was his father's account, so... Even though there's an investigation going on, because yes, if you're under 21, you're not able to uh, place bets or or win if you do place those bets. I don't know how easy this is going to be for FanDuel to prove that it wasn't the father who placed the bet. Yeah. Um, you know, because the, even though the kid claimed, "Oh my gosh, I just won this huge bet," it could it, because dad is just saying, "Well, his son was so excited about him winning five hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars that he inadvertently said it was said him. it was yeah, yeah that he inadvertently said it was his you well, know yeah that's been known to happen uh, so in theory that that would just absolutely suck if you you know five hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars goes by the wayside, but you know hey um kudos to FanDuel for trying to take that money away from that uh kid or parent whoever placed the bet. <laughs> Speaking of long odds, take a listen to this story. Um, I don't know if this is some sort of upper-level 
lottery tactic that I'm not aware of or yeah. just dumb luck, but a guy in Charlottesville, Virginia, Jalen Taylor, decided to buy over 250 lottery tickets at one time, and every single one of them was a winner. Uh, how did that happen? Well, in November, he bought 104 pick three tickets for a single drawing, yeah. and he used the same three numbers on every ticket, nine, six, zero. Did he? Uh, Those are the numbers that hit the $500 jackpot, so we won 104 times for a total of $52,000. Oh, okay. I that's, guess it wasn't that stupid after all. That's not the crazy part. Last month, he decided to do it again. He bought 160 tickets with the numbers 542. And one for a second is, time. Is this something he does every week? Or I just, don't know. Does he win every time he does it? He walked away with eighty grand that time. Well, he could do this for a living. For a total of $132,000 between the two wins that he had in two months. He said he just had a feeling about those two sets of numbers. So he went all in on them. I've had feelings about numbers before. And, and, and when I did act upon it, uh, it, it turned out that none Didn't of them were crap. none of them yeah. were right. Yeah, I might want to give uh, Jalen Taylor a call and ask him if he has any certain feelings about a game, a big game that might be happening this some Sunday. And if he does have certain feelings about certain numbers, I may <laughs> put, put a bet down. I mean, if I if I were going to do be out of out of the state and legally go to you know some state that has mm-hmm. if. If, yeah, big if. Uh, let's get a check on sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. If you're looking for a great place to uh, go get some soup, today is a soup day for you. Buffalo chicken soup. Yeah, I've not tried this one. Uh, Rick Worthington has, says it's delicious. Um, it comes with blue cheese crumbles and celery on top and says it's really, really tasty. Buffalo. So if you like buffalo chicken, basically this is buffalo chicken just in soup form. Mm. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli today. Well, as we get set for more Boise State men's basketball this year, something to keep in mind, the Broncos are really good at something that most teams aren't very good at. Boise State's defense has held opponents to 59 points a game this year. They've made it tough for teams to shoot and frustrated them taking a lot of charges. Coach Rice says that while they don't practice taking charges, they get results. They're good at it. They're taking legit, you know, because we mm-hmm. don't teach flopping. And you've got to be able to, you know, hold your ground. And, and the way we want to run you off the three-point line, guys are going to go downhill. And so you've got to be courageous to take some of those. And Broncos will be off until hosting UNLV on Friday night at 9. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. There is more Mountain West basketball being played tonight. There were no games, by the way, on Tuesday night, but you'll see Utah State at Wyoming tonight. You'll see Air Force at UNLV, and Colorado State will play at Nevada tonight. There's also one game on the schedule tomorrow. That's San Diego State at San Jose State. Most people will be paying attention to what goes on with Utah State traveling to Wyoming tonight as... Of course, if Wyoming loses, that would put Boise State alone at the top of the Mountain West. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Good morning, and uh, thanks for listening in. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being a part of the show. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to call in. Also, 1-800-529-5264. That is toll-free. You can email us or text us. Uh, those phone numbers that I just gave, you might want to lock in your speed dial. Still have some chances uh, for you to do some winning. UNLV and Boise State. Boise State will be going for win number two. Starting out another win streak against UNLV coming up this Friday <laughs> oh, night. Two in a row. Two in a row, yes. Win number two in a row uh, this Friday night. Extra Mile Arena. We have your free passes to get there to the game Friday night. If you want to be there, just listen in sometime before 10. Another chance for you to win. Also, uh, another chance for you to win a $50 gift certificate. A lock, stock, and barrel coming up here for you this morning with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Any needs you have having to do with real estate call them today 208-888-4128 five locations across the treasure valley office in sun valley idaho falls call today 208-888-4128 our question in which super bowl was it that a player won the mvp trophy while playing for the losing team it's only happened once we don't need the uh, name of the player we just need to know which super bowl was it so if you're going to guess, you have a 1 in 56 chance. Oh, Actually, yeah. 1 in 55 because you can't count this year's. That's a good point. It hasn't happened There yet. you go. We just need to know which Super Bowl it was. If you know the answer, be ready to call. Coming up after 8 o'clock, we've got a $50 gift certificate for you. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, whenever we or our family members or friends get behind the wheel, there's always that little worry in the back of our minds that some other motorist out there might be driving while impaired. And you have news of a study that suggests many of those impaired drivers think that they are absolutely fine, even though they're impaired. What's the latest? Yeah, this study specifically looked at the driving skills and reaction times of marijuana users. Um, And what they did was they used a driver simulator at various lengths of time after having smoked uh, marijuana. And what did the study find? Well, to no great surprise, it showed that uh, the participants in the study, uh, who were adults, um, were significantly less able uh, to react um, so their driving abilities were impaired in the sense that if things were happening, they, they didn't react as quickly 30 minutes, 90 minutes after smoking marijuana. And, and it show, showed that participants continue to have that kind of borderline uh, decline of, of reaction three and a half hours after actually using marijuana. Anything of uh, note besides that that we saw in the study? Well, it's very interesting. They interviewed the study participants, and a concerning observation was that 70% of the folks that did smoke marijuana expressed a willingness to drive because they felt confident in their abilities despite the fact that the test had demonstrated that they had delayed uh, reaction times. Shifting gears a bit, it feels like we're constantly bombarded by messages about losing weight, but you are suggesting that for some people it might be better to hold the line. Please explain that. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. We're always talking about wanting to be that ideal weight and trim down to get to that ideal weight. And unfortunately, what what that has created is um, 
for many folks, they kind of seesaw between, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. And the early evidence seems to suggest that for older adults, simply maintaining a steady weight over time may be better, even if that weight is higher than you want it to be. So what is the supposed benefit of maintaining a stable weight as we age? Well, the benefit is that the research demonstrated that older adults who maintained their weight were less likely to experience cognitive decline, regardless of how much they actually weighed. And the study included 16,000 older adults. So, you know, the key point is eat a healthy diet, get regular exercise, but avoid those drastic weight changes uh, if you want your brain uh, and your body to function well. Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, the Dow is up 90 points ahead of the opening coming up here in just about uh, 20 minutes from right now. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just a couple minutes. One of the things I want to talk with Jeremiah about um, is should Idaho let its state reserves be gutted by inflation or should it start investing in gold and silver? That's something that's being talked in the legislature this week. Currently, uh, the Precious state is... Metals, huh? Yeah, not allowed to invest in gold and silver, but uh, with inflation at between 5 and 7%, um, we're seeing huge losses in the money invested currently as of right now with no other hedge against inflation, um, such as gold and silver. So we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here about that here in just a few minutes. An updated story that we talked about a few weeks ago here, and apparently there were enough people that were upset by it that the IRS has retreated from facial recognition plan after the protests started coming out when they found out that you were going to have to upload your photo if you were going to be signing in online to the IRS website. And they thought that was too intrusive? uh, Apparently, or there was just enough people that were thinking it was too intrusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, the IRS has officially announced that they are backing off the controversial plan that would have required federal taxpayers who log into the agency's website to verify their identities via facial recognition technology from a private third-person company, a plan that drew harsh criticism from private advocates and lawmakers. Part of the program that was to start this summer, taxpayers were being asked to upload a selfie captured from a smartphone or webcam and have that photo matched against a picture from a driver's license, state ID, or passport. People saying about the IRS, they already know how much money I make. I don't want them to know (laughs) what I look like, too. The IRS was teaming up with a company called ID.me, a Virginia-based firm with facial recognition technology, to have this method be the sole way to access IRS.gov. The IRS said in a news release it will transition away from using that third-party service for facial recognition to help authenticate people creating new online accounts over the coming weeks in order to prevent larger disruption to taxpayers during filing season, which is underway right now. The agency said that the transition does not interfere with the taxpayer's ability to file their return or pay taxes owed and that people should continue to file their taxes as they normally would, whether that be online or still the old-fashioned way of filling out the papers and Mm -hmm. mailing them in. 
doing the the adding by hand. There you go. <laughs> so for those of you, and like I said, we took phone calls uh, with it uh, one morning here, and and there were people weighing in on both sides. Um, a majority were like, "Wait a minute, I already have trouble protecting my identity. Do I want another company having you know my facial recognition?" Um, part of the uh, complaints on this week were that critics said facial recognition not only an invasion of privacy, but potentially inaccurate and could be racially biased. Some of the claims that you see from, you know, facial recognition yeah. in some airports and stuff like that. So the computer is judging you by what you look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for those of you who are concerned about this starting up this summer, don't worry about it. The IRS says it's not going to happen. Right. I'm sure just because however, they were, they were he, listening to KBOI, I however, think. However, you do have to still pay taxes. We pointed that out. Yeah. Um, we've got more to talk about in taxes, by the way, uh, coming up. This is today. The Biden administration is going to be announcing that today is a day of action to ensure Americans get their tax credits they deserve. This is specifically directed at people who make little or no income and don't file their income taxes um, they're losing out on thousands and thousands of dollars. We'll explain that, talk about that coming up right now. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian. Don't forget, get out today. Soup, salad, sandwich, wrap. Um, today's soup, buffalo chicken, blue cheese crumbles, celery on top. I haven't tried it. Rick Worthen said it's delicious. I, I have yet to have a soup that is not delicious at Fat Guys yeah, Fresh good Deli. Point. Uh, get in. They make it from scratch every single morning. Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. It's Super Bowl week, so you could expect a lot of NFL information rolling around. New Orleans Saints, away from the big game, though, made a decision on their new head coach. The Saints have promoted their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, to be the next guy. And ESPN's Jeff Darlington says being in-house made Allen the preferred candidate here. Dennis Allen was a bit of a front runner uh, during this interview process. Now this week they did focus in on Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, and Darren Rizzi, the Saints special teams coordinator. But Dennis Allen did uh, have a little bit of a leg up in the sense that he actually has been Sean Payton's right-hand man there as the defensive coordinator since 2016. Okay, so it looks like Dennis Allen is the guy. He'll replace his longtime boss, Sean Payton, who stepped away two weeks ago. This, by the way, if you'll remember, Allen's second stint as a head coach. Remember, he went 8-28 and as he was head coach for the Raiders back in Oakland from 2012 to 2014. The Saints did interview lots of other guys for the job, including Doug Peterson, Brian Flores, uh, the Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, But in the end, they decided to promote from within. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates, once again, uh, here to talk about your money. And Jeremiah, I'd like to talk about uh, money here in the uh, state of Idaho. I'm going to read uh, just a little bit of a recent article and get your thoughts on this. Um, Several states considering a modest allocation of state funds to the monetary metals as a way to hedge their investment in fixed income and other assets vulnerable to inflation. That includes Idaho, who was talking about it this week in the legislature. With inflation now running at 7%, the real rate of return for Idaho taxpayers is deeply negative, perhaps greater than 5% negative. So, uh, question for you, good idea 
or bad idea? It's. I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that, in my opinion, because if you're looking at the kind of what's being proposed, let's look at the kind of the pension the state reserves as it runs, right, and why this conversation is being brought up in the first place. Because Idaho's reserves there, and a lot of state uh, reserves are are invested in low low yielding debt. You got corporate bonds, you got municipal bonds, you got CDs, treasuries, and money market funds. Which the common theme across those particular investment vehicles is. They're deemed as safe, very low risk. However, on the flip side of that is when you're in a high inflationary environment, that carries the risk, right? So if you're looking at um, if you're looking at Idaho's reserves, their return. I mean, I think it was well below two percent. If we're looking back for for 2021, when you can't when you factor in the adjustment for inflation, so it's not good. So now the conversation turns to okay, should we start investing in gold or silver as a hedge against inflation? But you also got to look at it this way: these pensions in these states, they're not going to do a huge allocation to these um, to these asset classes, right? If you're looking at Ida or Ohio and Texas. I think they recently made about a three to five percent gold allocation inside of its public pensions. So it's not a tremendous amount of exposure. But the idea is, hey, let's let's get out of these like low yielding negative return when you factor in inflation. Let's find something that's also deemed as safe, but is also a hedge against inflation, because what's the reoccurring theme right now? It's high inflation. And we're going to get the CPI report this Thursday, which many people are anticipating it to be seven percent or above. So now we got to look at, is gold a, um, a mechanism for hedging inflation? History shows it's actually not. So if you're looking back to these, uh, to these little time periods where we had really high inflation, so let's go back to 1980 through 1984. You have the annual inflation rate. It was about 6.5%. Gold invested, if you invested in gold, you lost about 10% on average. If you go back to 1988 to 1981, when inflation was around over 4.5%, Gold yielded a negative over 7.5% return. Okay, now if you parse back to 1973 to 1979 when inflation was eight over 8.5%, gold did return uh, a whopping 35%. So there's times when it has performed well and there's times where it hasn't. So no guarantee. No guarantee at all, right? So if we're looking at, if you want to look at other options as far as a, he- a hedge against inflation inside of these, um, state reserves or pension funds, there's asset classes that have have historically done much better, more cyclical, more cyclical sides of the market, such as energy, like oil. You look at the commodity space, you look at real estate. These generally, treasury, treasury inflation protected securities, these historically have outperformed gold as a hedge against inflation. So when we get in the conversation about adding um, gold and silver, you know, it's more looked at as, you know, kind of the general consensus is, oh, yeah, this is a great hedge against inflation. If you actually parse back and look at the numbers, not necessarily. Pfizer uh, said they expect to make $54 billion in sales in in 2022. They announced that yesterday. And uh, this was right on the heels of them announcing they didn't make their fourth quarter numbers. Yep, it's it's uh if if you look at the the pharmaceutical performance, uh they were a direct bef- beneficiary of being in that COVID uh COVID vaccine and um COVID uh you know therapies and it b- certainly boded well for them. Now they they did replace uh they did report their earnings and ca- they came out and said, "Hey, it missed expectations of what their sales around COVID were." So they their stock has pulled back a little bit. But no, if you look at the performance of Pfizer, they're still generating a tremendous amount of profit and that is largely due to the um to the production of that vaccine to the tunes of uh of billions and billions of dollars. 
Jeremiah, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, just ahead of the opening here in about uh, five minutes or so, the uh, Dow currently up uh, about 50 points. It was down yesterday, actually basically flat, right? About as flat as you can get, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, we call it unchanged. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, get an update from you here in about an hour and talk to you again uh, tomorrow morning here. Have yourself a great day. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk on KDOI. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Just talk with Jeremiah Bates. Want to get your thoughts should the state of Idaho start investing or at least be allowed to invest in gold and silver? Currently, about $10 billion uh, in state funds are, are there and invested. Um, so, with, can, the, can the state treasurer not do that then? Not, not, not now. It's not legal to do so. So, okay. um, this would uh, be a uh, bill. It's going to be, uh, it's been introduced already by uh, Representative Ron Nate, who, by the way, holds a doc- doctorate in economy that would permit, it's House Bill 522. Permit but not require the treasurer to hold a portion of funds in monetary metals to hedge against uh, inflation. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the reasoning why it's not allowed as of right now that you can't invest. And by the way, this would just, just be make it if it does pass that the state would be allowed to invest in hard metals. So they would have to buy gold or silver in some way, shape, or form. They, they mm-hmm. can't invest in mining companies. They can't invest uh, outside of the actual gold or silver. It doesn't allow to do that. So um, I, I, it's a good question. We have legislators uh, in every Thursday and Friday. might be a good question to ask why that wasn't allowed before now, but it, there's a lot of states where it is currently not allowed. There's like five states, including Idaho, that are talking about it during this legislative ses- session because of the high inflation rates that we're seeing basically it's just it's just like insurance yeah for the the state yeah it just and it just what they're talking about is jeremiah had even said it idaho is talking about allowing three to five percent of their 10 billion dollars to be invested in gold or silver so if there's ever a time when uh, the economy is doing very poorly uh they will pay our taxes for us out of this oh sure okay yeah great yeah does that change your mind at all? I, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, your thoughts, if you'd like to weigh in, 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. By the way, we uh, already gave away our pair of tickets to the fabulous chancellor's valentine's day ball uh for the saturday night riverside hotel but we have them to give away all this week so if you didn't win this morning still plenty of chances for you to win we also have uh tickets to the boise state unlv game uh still have to give those away for you this morning and that'll happen sometime before 10 o'clock so stay right where you're at for your chance to win those tickets for those who don't want tickets win tickets or maybe don't have a chance to go to the game just a reminder that you will be able to listen to that game Coming up here this coming Friday night, pregame with uh, Bob and Abe, 8.30, tip-off at 9. You'll be able to hear this on both 6.70 a.m. and 93.1 FM. Tomorrow night, Boise State women's basketball team back at home at Extra Mile Arena to host UNLV, tip-off 6.30, and that will be on 6.70 KBOI. All right. Yeah. So make your plans. we, We do recommend listening. 
Uh, day of action to ensure Americans get their tax credits they deserve. Uh, the Biden administration is going to announce today as a day of action to encourage Americans to sign up for the expanded child tax credit and earned income tax credit. Now, the way this works, you remember, uh, for some of you um, who got it, if you had children under the age of 17, you uh, received a monthly check mm-hmm. for six months last year, but it ended in December. They were, they were what, 250 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, anywhere from, I think it was 250 if you were, um, what was it, 12 to 17-year-olds, and then under the age uh, of that, then or 6 to 17, sorry, 6 to 17-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you got $300. Now, that's for six months, but it was set up for a full year. The only way you're going to be able to get the rest of the six months, though, is if you have filed an income tax return. So there are a lot of people who don't file income tax returns, which means if you haven't filed an income tax return, you aren't going to file an income tax return. You will not be getting that money you deserve. So that's why they're calling this the day of action. Families must file a tax return in 2022 to receive the second half of the child tax care credit. 61 million people uh, children receive the advanced monthly payments. So um, they're they're saying there are a lot of people who do not do not pay, especially low yeah. income or no income filers who still would get that credit, who wouldn't be getting it if they don't file their tax return. So they're just I'm saying that for everybody listening this morning. If you have children and you normally wouldn't file a tax anytime, return because you didn't owe anything, you might want to file a tax return this year. Anytime the federal government decides to send out checks to somebody. Uh, they don't send them to you if you have not filed your your income taxes, yeah. right? Yeah, you, you can't get on the list unless right. you do. Yeah, so this is this is an important thing for those of you who have money coming for to you. If you want to continue to get that money, make sure that you file your income taxes this year, even if you don't owe. Because a lot of people don't file if they don't think they owe. But this year, you would want to do that. KBY News Times seven forty five. Let's get a check on what's going on in sports once again. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli Meridian. Good morning. It is Super Bowl week, and as we mentioned, a lot of people will be talking about the big game on Sunday between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. But here's something we haven't talked about yet. The Super Bowl this year is setting up to be the most heavily bet game ever, with them estimated $7.61 billion out there in, uh, in wagers, according to the American Gaming Association. They estimate 31.4 million Americans plan to bet on Sunday's game. Not just watch the game, but 31.4 million are going to have a bet on the game. And that could be in any number of different ways. As you know, you cannot legally gamble in the state of Idaho, and that means no online gaming as well. You'll have to cross state borders if you want to try and place a bet. But whether or not you're doing Super Bowl squares or just, you know, playing for pennies inside the household, gambling appears to be one of America's favorite pastimes during the Super Bowl. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 753 update on the story we told you about uh, a little over a week ago. Remember the name Dylan Helbig? I do, yeah. Yeah, he's the eight-year-old author who had smuggled his handwritten book, The Adventures of Dylan's Christmas, by Dylan himself, onto the shelves at Ada County uh, Library. He, he His story has now gone viral 
nationwide. Mm-hmm. Helberg's, uh, a Helbig story has been picked up by the Washington Post, the New York Times, just to name a few. And last uh, Thursday, he was interviewed by NBC Nightly News. A story for those of you who may not remember or may not have heard about the tale, started with a phone call that came to Lake Hazel Branch of the Ada County uh, Library. It was a call from Dylan's mother, Susan. She said her son had written an entire book and then had hidden it on a shelf at the library in hopes <laughs> that people would check it out. That's cute, isn't it? <laughs> the handwritten book, The Adventures of Dylan's Christmas, spelled C-R-I-S-M-I-S, by the way, by Dylan himself, is an impressive 88 pages, complete with full-color illustrations and even a homemade library spine label, which came in handy when librarians had to try and locate it for his mom to <laughs> come check out. Uh, the book has been awarded the 2021 Houdini Award for Best Young Novelist. Serious? Yeah. Dylan graciously uh, donated his first edition copy for the library to officially catalog and add to the collection for the library for people to check out. Um, If you want to check out the library book, don't hold your breath. It is now on a wait list that is over a year long and growing. (laughs) This was uh, this was his interview with uh, NBC Nightly News. When the uh, librarians told me that they found the book, they shared it amongst uh, amongst each other, and they loved it. Decided to process it, and um, you know, stamped it with the barcode and processed it as a book that you can check in and out of the library. What did you think when you heard the library was going to keep your book? I think it was. I think it was awesome. I didn't expect to be like that. You didn't think they were actually going to keep it? Yeah, I I was going to think they thought it was a a normal library book. (laughs) Your plan worked. (laughs) Sure did. Well, well, actually, now it is a normal library book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, your plan worked. So once again, if you want to go check, uh, go to that library and uh, check out this book. Was that what he called it? That's what he called it. (laughs) It's so freaking cute. Um, once again, you might want to get on the wait list because, uh, like I said, it's it's a year long and uh, growing. They may have to go into a second edition of this, second, third, maybe get some mm-hmm. more editions out there so that people don't have to wait so long or to even check just, it out. Just a second copy would be nice. Uh, Dylan Helbig, congratulations to you. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Ryan writes in, I don't get it. State of California is uh, currently one of the most locked down states in the nation due to COVID. They are still in a state of emergency. Um, so please explain to me why the HE double hockey sticks can you pack 70,000 people into a stadium in LA with another 10 to 30,000 people outside the stadium, all in close proximity? Isn't it time to finally say the pandemic is over, or at the very least, that maybe it is just political? I was uh, watching a little bit of uh, TV last night, and there was a report from Canada, and somebody was saying, you know, in Canada, they really cracked down. Uh, and had a whole bunch of mask mandates and things like that, and vaccination mandates. And uh, they said, though, that at, at a time when they were preventing people from getting together with their family for a party, like with more than six mm-hmm. people, right. uh, still uh, you could go to a hockey game and sit with 20,000 people. Yeah, that, I, some of that stuff, and, and that's, I get it. I, I don't have an answer to that. that that's, 
it is confusing. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You got seventy thousand people packed into a stadium, shoulder to shoulder, but yet L.A. Yeah. still has a state of emergency going on. But you know, you don't want to lose out on those billions of dollars. It's all about the money, I, I guess. I, I know I don't. Uh, coming up in twenty minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Fifty dollars gift certificate for you once again to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you can answer this question, in which Super Bowl was it that a player won the MVP trophy while playing for the losing team? It's only happened once. We don't need the name of the player. All we need is just which Super Bowl was it. It's only happened one time, as I said, so you got a 1 in 55 chance of guessing. Be ready to call it 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That's coming up here in 20 minutes. Don't call us now. Once again, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, here to promote your property worldwide, 208-888-4128. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 807. Remember, we still have uh, tickets we're going to give away for the Boise State UNLV game. Extra Mile Arena coming up here this coming Friday night. You want to win those, stay right where you're at sometime before 10 o'clock. We will give you a uh, chance to uh, win those here. Uh, also, a reminder, coming up here this Friday, a couple things to remember. Number one, Friday morning, we have a chance for you to get a sweet deal that sells out very quickly every time we do it, and that is Lock, Stock, and Barrel. $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks. By the way, um, they have great prime rib. You can get dinner for two easily for that $50. So for 25 bucks, that's a pretty good way to uh, eat a fantastic meal. But remember, KBY.com, 9 o'clock sharp, coming up this Friday morning for that half-price deal. Click on the Sweet Deals link. Another reminder, if you like food, I'm very jealous of Nate <laughs> Shellman. Well, um, if, if you don't, I mean, you know, good, good luck with the rest of your life. Friday afternoon, 3 until 6 o'clock, R&R Barbecue's newest location, 8th in downtown Boise. Nate Shellman will be broadcasting live. At the top of the uh, escalator. Yeah. R&R Barbecue has several take-home packs. Family meals, taco kits, all ready for the uh, big day, gay or big game day too. You can order our online at r and r dot com. Um, that afternoon dinner that that would be my favorite time for barbecue. My second favorite time would be for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know why they don't have you and I go out there for a breakfast broadcast. Sometime. That would be a great idea. Yeah. I mean, they have John bacon. has written in. He says ganja driving. What is the best indicator of someone driving stoned? They get stuck at a stop sign because they are waiting for it to turn green. Or or they're driving five miles an hour. That's true. Uh, No email or no name on this email. It says, uh, Mike, you're doing it again. Confusing terms. It's not called a credit if your government is mailing you a check, especially if it's unearned. It's called welfare. Our government is always looking for new ways to redistribute our money. Our government is doing what it can to destroy our economy and country, and you're the mouthpiece advertising for them. Thanks a lot. Well, except for the fact that the IRS calls it a tax credit, and I was reading from the IRS mm-hmm. website, so uh, I'm I'm just calling it what the IRS calls it. You can call it whatever you want. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, tax credit, welfare. It, it shouldn't upset you that much. <laughs> Uh, Matt writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com, Idaho should let Nancy Pelosi make the investments uh, in Idaho when it comes to gold and silver. Inside trading seems to have worked very well for her. (laughs) Okay. Um, No name on this one. Um, This is a discussion that we had uh, yesterday talking uh, about the grocery 
tax credit. Mm -hmm. Uh, This person writes in and says, rather than removing the grocery tax, I would much prefer increasing the grocery tax credit. That way, all people that come here to visit will still have to pay when they buy groceries. And quite frankly, that's one of the big arguments about not getting rid of the grocery tax. Mm -hmm. Because if you get rid of the grocery tax, then people who visit here, and what is this, I think third or fourth, I think um, as far as the biggest income incomes for the state of Idaho comes from tourism. Right. So, I mean, it's one of the big reasons why people visit the state is to tour the state. We've got a lot of different great reasons to visit the state. And when those people come here, they usually spend money on groceries. And if they come here and you get rid of the grocery tax, um, the estimates have been somewhere over a hundred million dollars a year would go away and have to be replaced by something from those people who uh, visit here every year. So that's one of the arguments why, I mean, there are two main arguments here. In in the legislators that we have talked to over the last um, four or five weeks since the legislature got in session, and they've been talking about grocery tax versus increasing the uh, grocery tax Mm -hmm. credit, is that if you get rid of the grocery tax, you have to replace that because there are a lot of people that come to the state, so that money just goes away. So you'd have to replace it with something. Um, The other argument is that there are a lot of people who make, way more money or at least a little bit more money on money that is spent um, on their or the money they get from the uh, grocery tax credit rather right. than what the money they would save based on how much groceries they buy. And I, I used the example the other day, the break even point for <clears throat> my wife and I would we would have to pay four thousand dollars a year in groceries, which we just, we just don't do, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to break even and get that 120 where the $120, um, would be less than how much money we pay in grocery tax. So we make more money on our grocery tax credit than we would if they got rid of the grocery tax itself. So those are the two main arguments. I don't know where it's going to fall in this thing. I personally, just based on what I've heard, and once again, no inside knowledge here, just the fact that we've had conversation with legislature l- legislators that come in here every Thursday and Friday, is I don't think they're going to get rid of the grocery tax. As much as some people want to do away with it, I just don't think that they're going to get, away, get yeah. away from it. Well, they figure they already lowered taxes in one way. Yeah. And they are still working on two other ways. What did I call it? The uh, three tripod levels of taxes or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you, know, you got property taxes, you have grocery taxes, and you have income taxes. Income taxes is done. Sometime this year, um, we're going to all get a uh, tax rebate, whether it be $75 or 12% of what we paid in 2021 and 2020, um, Whichever is more. So if you paid more in taxes, you'll get 12% of that if it's more than $75. But everybody is going to get a minimum of $75. Once again, as the gentleman wrote in earlier, um, that wouldn't be a credit. That would be welfare. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are different words for it. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about this if you would like coming up after 9 o'clock. Uh, we've got a couple of things here on the way for you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we've got a chance for you to get that $50 gift certificate once again to Lock, Stock, and Barrel with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. After the bottom of the hour, it is Bronco Tuesday. Bob Beeler will be with us once again. Today, we are talking gymnastics. And uh, our damn near impossible question, by the way, will come up after this. Latest from Bob Beeler in uh, Bronco Sports Today.
Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. DJ is going to get the uh, first chance at it. DJ, if that is your real name. In which which Super Bowl was it that a player won the MVP trophy while playing for the loser or the losing team? We we don't need the player's name or which team he played for, just which Super Bowl was it? If I remember right, um, Super Bowl V. You have a memory back that far? No, I used to talk to sports law with my dad. We were way into all that sports trivia stuff. Oh, very cool. Well, guess what? Having those talks with your dad is going to pay off for you. We've May. got $50 gift certificate. Once again, lock, stock, and barrel. It was Super Bowl Five, mm-hmm. more commonly known as the Blooper Bowl. Because there were so many turnovers. Yeah, the Baltimore Colts, Dallas Cowboys, the teams combined for six interceptions, only 546 yards of total offense, a, mixed, a missed extra point, and a Super Bowl record 11 turnovers. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, Chris! Yeah, that guy was one of the best players on the field. I guess he was yeah. like he was one of yeah. those. He, he made was, made a lot of waves because he was probably better than most of the other players. He was a line lost. a linebacker for the Cowboys who lost to the Colts. Who was it? Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two interceptions and a fumble recovery. And, and as you said, with your uh, conversations with your dad, he was probably the best player on the field that day. Oh yeah, no yeah. Doubt. Congratulations. Uh, you have the $50 gift certificate. Hold on the line. We'll get some info from you. Don't forget, if you didn't get through this morning, don't worry. We have more chances for you to win the rest of this week. And if you miss out on all of our chances for free $50 gift certificates coming up Friday morning, beginning at 9 o'clock sharp. These go so fast. So set your alarm so that you remember to sign in to KBOI.com just before 9 o'clock to get in on that $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel for only $25. It's a limited number available. It's first come, first serve, and once they're gone, they're gone. Once again, 9 o'clock sharp, KBOI.com. Click on the Sweet Deals link to get your sweet deal. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670-KBOI. Oh, yeah, Bronco Tuesday, Bob Beeler uh, with us, busiest man in uh, sports here in the uh, Treasure Valley. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for being with us once again. we got a big week this week with a lot of different sports going on at uh, Boise State uh, where a lot of the stuff's going to happen at home this week, guys. So there is a big opportunity for people to go out and partake in, and look at uh, some of the, the, the teams that are competing this winter. We've got women's basketball home game against the top team in the league, UNLV. That's Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, Thursday night, you don't have to go anywhere. Coach's show on 670 KBOI. Uh, Coach Leon Rice, Coach Gordy Presnell, player from each team, will take place Thursday at 6. And then we have women's basketball. Excuse me, we have men's basketball Friday at 8. Uh, excuse me, Friday, 8.30 pregame, but a 9 o'clock tip against UNLV. And then... Uh, it's gymnastics. We're going to talk with them a little later this morning. Uh, they're at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, Colorado State, the uh, game that was postponed uh, back in January. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because as of right now, Boise State has played uh, two more games than Colorado State and Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, do you view that 
is that an advantage at this point of the season in the fact that they are tied for first place and have played two more games and than the teams that are closest to them? Well, I mean, technically speaking, they're ahead because when you figure games, if if you and I are the same in the loss column and you have one more win than I do, that means you're a half game in front. I always look at what the number is in the loss column because you can never erase that. If you've got another game to come, you can win the game and tie somebody. But if you've already, if you're behind with somebody with one loss and somebody with two, there's no way you can go from two down to one in losses. Yes, I think that's a huge advantage because Boise State has the same number of losses as Wyoming, fewer number of losses than the other teams in the league and have played more games. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a huge advantage, huge advantage. I will also say I think another big advantage is I can't believe, and, and for me, this season like it seems like it has gone fast. Now, I know you having to travel and be on the road and do all this stuff where you're very, very busy this time of season. I don't know if the season has gone by fast for you, but there's only eight games left in the regular season. They always go by fast. Do they? I just think that you know when you get, especially when you get into conference season, because the games come fast and furious. And I think that it seems like it's probably gone faster this year because there was a two week pause. There was a pause with no, you know with yeah. no games because of COVID. And I think that you know you kind of forget about the, the that you know maybe ten day, fourteen day period, and now all of a sudden you know it seems like we've had until this week you know we've had three games a week. Uh, you know it'll be it'll be uh, quite. Uh, you know, quick coming right. with a game late on Friday night that tips at 11, and then you're going to turn around and play Sunday <laughs> at 2. Now, at least you don't have to go anywhere. I mean, you're you're the home team in both games, so that, right. at, least is a, that at least is a break. But, um, you know, I would think that, uh, you know, it does make it seem like the, the season has moved fast after the first of the year. I would agree with that. Well, that uh, gives you an update of what's going on this week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, another Olympic sport at Boise State, gymnastics. We'll have Coach Tina Bird on with us when we come back right after this on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. 8.42, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and on the uh, line with us is also Bob Beeler, the voice of the Broncos. And it is Bronco Tuesday, and we take a look at uh, other sports at Boise State, other than football or basketball. We try to spotlight a sport that uh, is going to have something big happen at the end of the week that you want to pay attention to, that you want to go to, and that this weekend is gymnastics Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Tina Bird, the head coach, joins us, and Tina, kind of an unusual schedule. You have back-to-back weekends that you play BYU. They won in Provo last week by one point. Excuse me, by point one seven five. I've been told that's like kicking a last-second field goal. <laughs> so, Tina, what needs to be different this week to go point one seven five in front of them? <laughs> yeah, they are always a tough competitor. Um, we are just everybody's goal this week is to just get the, each routine a half a tenth better. So. If that happens, then we should be well above .175 ahead of them. Now, what is the home court or mat or whatever you want to term it, apparatus advantage with your crowd there? Are you going to perform better? Are the judges maybe going to be swayed a little bit? I mean, is this a big home home field, home court advantage sport? It definitely is. The more um, fans we have there, the better. Um, they do influence the judge. You know, the judges are human, so they're – when, when the crowd's going crazy, they're going to feel good about it. And uh, we just like to be home. You sleep in your own bed. You can just relax in the morning, and it's our, our own equipment. So it's just a lot of familiar, familiarity, and, and the girls are ready to just, you know, perform in front of their friends and family. So it's a big advantage, I think. 
Coach, between meet one and meet two, there was nearly a two-point improvement in the team score, 194.85 to 196.52, which doesn't seem like a lot, but in gymnastics it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge huge difference. Um, And right now, you know, the week five standings have come out, and we've only had two competitions. So, you know, COVID got us, and I think having everybody finally back together in the gym has helped. Um, the atmosphere is amazing. The girls are really supportive of each other and excited to finally be being able to start our season. So they are just on it. They're taking it and running with it, and I, I really expect great things to happen on Saturday. Who is probably the toughest competition you have coming up? Uh, probably BYU, really. Um, although Utah State in our conference is doing really well, and um, one of our meets with them was canceled, so we won't see them. Um, for another couple weeks, but um, I don't know. We have a really strong conference. Everybody's in the top 25 right now, so it's anybody's game. Tina, as we look at, at your team this year, what do you see as the strengths? Is there a, a, a gymnast on the squad that maybe has improved the most that is somebody that maybe you view as, as a surprise at what they've been able to contribute the first two weeks? Um, maybe not a surprise, but Emily Lopez is a sophomore for us, and she's kind of a really even-keeled kid. You know, we've got our, our big standouts on certain events that everybody knows their name, but um, Emily really is – she won vault last weekend. She was the second top scorer for us on bars and our second top scorer on beam. So her three events that she does, she's really up there, and she's just steady, super steady. So she's someone we can count on, and – I think people will get to know her name, but um, she's kind of a sleeper right now. As we mentioned, uh, your next home match is against BYU coming up this Saturday night, and uh, people who want to go, uh, it's kind of a special night to BYU, ranked number 18, so you've got two teams that are ranked, um, but it's, it's also uh, a special night for fans who uh, go also, isn't it? Yes, this is our pink night, so um, we don't like to call it cancer awareness. Everyone's aware of cancer, but um, we like to celebrate cancer survivors, and, and um, some of the girls on the team have had you know, their families touched by cancer, and just a time to honor those people and, and the fight that they have to get through it, and that's kind of the fight that we have in athletics to do our best. So that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. We're going to be talking with Hope Macchiato a little bit later after we're, we're finished visiting with you. She is your only all-arounder. I thought in the past everybody almost did all-arounds. What makes her special to be able to do all four of the events, and, and how has she been doing for you? You know, Hope's done all-around for us all, all four years of her career. Um, last year she was our only all-arounder as well, and training all-around is tough, and competing all-around is even tougher. So um, Hope's one of those people that comes in and just gets the work done every day. She's uh, super fun to have in the gym, but she's all, all about business and getting things done. So I look for um, – her to have a great senior year and finish out this all-around thing and uh just she's just someone we can count on in all four events did does everyone else just specialize in one event or maybe two um we've got about six kids that are training all four events but they aren't competing all four and then the rest of the team does um two or three events we're about half and half is that a change so, is yeah. there is is there less less all-arounders across the country is this something that more more gymnasts are competing in, in fewer events, so more have a chance to actually make the team? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used it used to be a rule that you had to have two all arounders, and then you could have four specialists on each event. And then they did away with that rule, which was really great for the sport. Um, so now, because of the limitations on hours you can train and all that from the NCAA, you know, we'll take a kid that maybe is not going to make an event, and that time is better spent making her better on the events that she is going to contribute on. So it's been helpful. Once again, uh, gymnastics coach Tina Bird, thanks for being with us here this morning. Appreciate it. Home meet against BYU. See if we can uh, turn that loss around to a win. Coming up here, it is uh, Pink Night. Honor those who've battled cancer. Fans wearing pink will uh, get $3 off admission. That's uh, this coming Saturday night, 7 p.m. Thank you very much for being with us this morning. Thank you. We'll take a break uh, when we come back. The aforementioned Hope Masiato will be with us. That's next on Bronco Tuesday. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. 851, uh, Chris Walton, Mike Casper, Bob Beeler once again. It is Bronco Tuesday. And we are talking gymnastics. Huge meet for them. They are ranked 24th. BYU is ranked uh, 18th. It'll take place Saturday night at eight. Uh, at 7 o'clock at Extra Mile Arena. Hope Macchiato is one of the seniors on this team. She is out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And Hope, first of all, thanks for visiting with us. We were talking with your coach, Tina Bird, about, you know, there's not that many all-arounders. Why are you a throwback? Why are you able to do all four? (laughs) Yeah, so I was actually only recruited for two events, bars and beam, and then my first meet as a freshman, I ended up competing vault and floor and then just continued to train all four. And then by the end of the season, I ended up competing all four, and it was a huge honor. But I'm happy to be for the task, and I want to do anything to contribute to my team. What do you What do you see as the most difficult of the events? Uh, for me, it probably it always has been. Um it's a very technical event. Our coach actually says it's the easiest event, but for me, <laughs> I don't know why mentally it's just the toughest. <laughs> Hope, uh, what event of the four is your favorite, and then what event do you think you're best at? Because I would think sometimes maybe a favorite might be your best, but maybe it's not. So give, give us a look into the how you would rank your events as far as favorite and best. Um, so I would probably say my favorite is bars because I love swinging around and flying in the air. And then when you stick that dismount, it's just like icing on the cake. Um, but I would probably say my best has always been balance beam. And I know that's the most scary to watch, but I've always just had that natural ability to stay on the beam. And my coaches actually call me Bigfoot because I have the biggest feet on the team. (laughs) And that helps me stay on the beam and stick the landing at the end. So, is it an advantage or a disadvantage to be the only one competing in all around? Um, I feel it's both, but for me, um, I feel like it's an advantage because I get that experience on all four events. And like I said, I just want to do anything I can to help the team and reach the road to the top. I know the rotations of the way they do the events changes sometimes depending on whether you're home or away or how many teams are in the meet. Does it matter to you? Would you rather do them in a certain in a certain order, or it just is what it is? Um, I prefer when we're at home we go vault bars beam floor, um, but when we're away we usually go bars vault 
floor beam and that back-to-back vault and floor power events kind of kills my legs sometimes a little bit. Um, but sometimes the adrenaline kicks in and you don't even feel it and you just get that extra power you need to fly through the air. Yeah. After college, do you plan to uh, stay active somehow or involved with gymnastics? Um, yeah, any way I can. Um, I was thinking about, well, actually, I have a fifth year. I don't know if I'm going to take it yet. Um, and I want to stay involved with the team any way I can. I just applied for grad school a couple weeks ago, um, so I'm hoping to stay in the Boise area and hopefully still help out with the gymnastics team if they need me. What are you majoring in? What else we want to know about you? Um, I'm a human resource management major. What is that? What do you? What kind of studies do you have? And where would that lead you? Um, well, it's a lot of leadership classes, um, working with people, strategic management. Um, but the grad program I applied for um, is staying with athletics. It's master's in athletic leadership offered at Boise State. Um, so I definitely want to do something involved with athletic leadership. Um, what that entails yet, I'm not really quite sure. Um, but, yeah, so that field just kind of interests me a lot, and I want to help people in some way. We're talking with Hope Masiato, Boise State gymnastics team. Hope, as a uh, senior, you're one of the leaders on the team. Um, so you're kind of in the u- unique you know, situation where you can look back at the uh, younger teams, uh, younger members on the team. Um, how is Boise State looking in the coming years based on your experience with those uh, younger teammates? Yeah, um, the freshmen, they're an amazing group of girls. They're just so hardworking. Um, they're all all-arounders as well, so I have a lot of practices with them, and they honestly just motivate me in the gym and at competitions to work that much harder for those lineup spots. And the junior and sophomore class, they're motivated and they want it as bad as we do. And I think we all just have a really good synergy and we're excited for this season to come and future years. So you better watch out for the Bronco gymnastics. Let's talk about this year, Hope. You've been to the NCAA tournament before, so what's it going to take to get back? Um, We need to be motivated and I think we have a good group of girls that, you know, we were at the last championship and we got second place. And I think that fueled our fire to work even harder this year in the gym. And we have, like you mentioned, a lot of senior leadership and a lot of girls who've been at that conference championship before. And we're also on home field. So that's a bit of an advantage. Um, the stage is set. So, we just have to rise to the occasion, and we want it bad enough, so hopefully it ends up in our favor. Hope Masiato, uh, Boise Gymnastics, thank you very much for being with us this morning. Good luck against BYU this weekend, and good luck over the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And that'll wrap things up for us on Bronco Tuesday. Bob, once again, thanks for being uh, with us. Just real quickly, uh, wrap us up on uh, what we got coming up this week for you. Uh, for me, we got uh, Coach's Show Thursday night. 
Late game Friday night, 8.30 pregame against UNLV. Sunday afternoon, 1.30 pregame All against right. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A bill proposed in the Idaho legislature would add whether someone obtaining a driver's license is a citizen or not. The sponsor of the bill said this is an effort to make it easier to vote in elections. CBS2 reports Representative Brandon Mitchell, the bill's sponsor, said those with green cards will still be able to get a driver's license. However, they won't be able to get the U.S. citizenship designation on the license. He also stated the Idaho Transportation Department development cost for this bill would be $24,000. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Your thoughts, Mitchell says, we want to make it easier for citizens when they need to have proof of citizenship, similar to voting, because you're supposed to be a citizen to vote in the United States. Gives them an option when they register to vote, it will just show their citizenship. He also added that undocumented immigrants and people with green cards would not be able to get the sticker. Democratic lawmaker Ilana Rebell questioned Mitchell over access to the driver's license since they are still available to those who hold green cards. And Mitchell said that people with green cards would still be able to get driver's licenses under the proposed legislation, but it would not get the designation of being a U.S. citizen on their license. Immigration right activists said that the bill could have unintended consequences. The measure could encourage law enforcement and government agencies to discriminate against uh, communities of color. That, according to the executive director of uh, POTR of Idaho, an immigrants' rights group, if someone's birth certificate is impossible to get, another government-issued document may be accepted, according to the bill. Mitchell said he wanted to give Idahoans the option to be able to use their driver's license of proof of citizenship. It is all for voter registration. That's it. Idaho residents currently don't need to show that they're U.S. citizens to vote. But they do ask you for your driver's license. They uh, can register to vote online at voteidaho.gov by providing their Idaho driver's license number and swearing that they are U.S. citizens under penalty of perjury. But they don't don't have to prove it. Are there any particular words you have to use when you swear? Um, I I think uh, (laughs) the seven words you're not allowed to say on uh, on the radio. That'd be a good start, yeah. (laughs) So you, your thoughts, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I, I guess the, the, the problem I have with the uh, immigrant rights activists saying that it could have unintended consequences mm-hmm. is they have no proof that it will have, that they will be discriminated against just because um, someone who is a non-citizen gets pulled over and they don't have the citizenship designation on their license doesn't mean that's going to happen. It's still against the law to do that. A traffic policeman would probably still just uh, give them a ticket or a warning or whatever he was going to do in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah, because they have a driver's license. They're right. still legally allowed to drive. And the local police, we've, we've determined that. They don't necessarily work with ICE all the time. No. Falsely claiming citizenship to register to vote is a felony punishable by up to five years in prison so there is that and there was a lady in texas who uh thought she she was on probation she'd been in a prisoner jail and she was on probation she thought that she was eligible to vote 
So she went and registered to vote, and they gave her 10 years in prison for doing that. Apparently, there's a percentage of of U.S. citizens, and I don't know if this is true, but it's being claimed that there's a percentage of U.S. citizens who it's impossible for them to get their birth certificate. Well, that could be. Um, You know, especially if you're older. What's the reason for that? I only say this because I could not find my birth certificate, yeah. so I had to go through the process of getting a new one issued. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, if you don't have a birth certificate, why is it impossible if you're a U.S. citizen to not get it? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I, I think there's just a case of uh, some people didn't have, you know, a very good document documentation when they were born, I suppose. I mean, I don't I don't remember when I was born, but I did know the hospital <laughs> that I was born at. I knew my parents and maybe uh-huh. it's maybe it's something maybe you don't know your actual parents, maybe those are the people. No, that's a possibility. That would know. have a hard time, you know, maybe getting an actual I don't know. birth certificate. I don't I don't know. As as far as the as far as the driver's license, uh, that's fine. I mean, I I don't have a driver's license anymore, but I have an ID card. Right. Because my eyesight is such that I, I am no longer allowed to drive. Uh, rightly so, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's a, but that's a good question. How would this affect, if this is strictly for voting purposes, how would that affect people like you who don't have driver's license and don't need to get well, a driver's it, license? Okay, but it's it, I would probably just have the designation on my uh, my ID card. It, it's, just, it's just ID, basically, you yeah. need to show. Well, and that's what I'm curious. Would you then be able to do it with your ID card, or is this just for driver's licenses? Because uh, according to I'm the guess story, it would be it's for, just for the driver's license. Based on what I've read, I'm going to guess that it's uh, for uh, all forms ID of card. Yeah, all forms of ID. Um, there were other voting rule bills introduced this week in the Idaho legislature. Two bills introduced by a panel of lawmakers yesterday would tighten restrictions around voting in Idaho, making it illegal to deliver non-family members' mail-in ballots to the post office, and also ending same-day voter registration and limiting the types of identification voters can use at the polls. Third bill would require residents with homeowners' property tax exemptions to use the address for the purpose of voting and also running for office. I'd like to get your thoughts on these. Let's go, uh, let's go to, you know, with the three bills, let's go back to the beginning. Um, tightening restrictions... Um, by making it illegal to deliver non-family members' mail-in ballots to the post office. Do you have a problem with that? Not particularly. I don't don't either. Um, I don't see the difficulty. Uh, But it doesn't mean there isn't any. But, you know, it's not obvious to me. Maybe it would be for senior living Okay, possibly. Areas that might not be able to drive if you have somebody there that wants to vote. But, I mean, you can still vote mail-in ballot, mm-hmm. absentee ballot. So you don't have to have somebody take your ballot down True. to turn your vote, vote in for you. Um, ending same-day voter registration. Now, I, this is one I don't agree with. Yeah, why, I don't agree with do you, that one either. Why do you want to end, end same-day voter registration? Why do you See, want that? That, would that be, makes it more difficult that, yeah, to vote. That would be one of those. That would be one of those that uh, falls under the category of that. Actually, does make it more difficult. Uh, it it gives you the responsibility that you have to register on time. But we've been you know kind of used to just being able to. Uh, I, I know our, our son. The first time he voted, 
he just showed up at the polls and registered right yeah. there and voted five minutes later. And he wasn't doing it illegally, right? No. So why, I, that's what I don't understand. And maybe somebody can explain this, why you don't want to have same-day voter registration. I think we should keep that because it's been very convenient. And then uh, the other one, the third bill, would require residents with homeowners property tax exemptions to use that address for the purpose of voting and running for office. I don't have a problem with that one either. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I, I have my wife and I own property in McCall. That's not where we have our homeowners exemption. Why should I be allowed to vote in McCall just because I have property in McCall? Or, more problematic, because this has been accused of some of our lawmakers before, yeah. having a home in one area where they don't well, actually you're live. To, you're and, supposed to declare what your main residence is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Priscilla Giddings has been accused of this. And the only reason I know this is because my parents were very upset because she apparently had a property in Nespers, Idaho, but that's not where she lived. So she wasn't actually eligible to vote in Nespers? Wasn't actually eligible to run oh, while I she see. lived in Nespers. Um, I, well, I, that, that's different then, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so um, we'll take a break here. I just wanted to put those out there to get your thoughts this morning. We're ta- talking about uh, voter bills that have been introduced in the Idaho legislature. Get your thoughts. I know there are three different bills um, about that, plus the... Uh, designation for citizenship on uh, Idaho driver's license also being discussed. Go ahead and get your thoughts. We've got some people already waiting on the line. If you're waiting on the line, we'll get to you coming up. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you'd like, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. If you want to get through, you can also email us, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or text us, uh, email in, mike at kby.com. Morning, let's not just put citizen status on our driver's license. Let's put VAC status, felon status, tax status, work status, education level, child support status, library district, and any other citizen of the U.S. status while we're at it. I actually would rather publish all that then have my weight published. <laughs> There's no name on that, but I'm yeah, going to guess I, that it's probably a I'll, female. I'll second that emotion anyway. <laughs> uh, Rich in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Uh, well, on the, on why some people don't have birth certificates, a couple of years ago everybody was making a big deal because they were – all these people over a hundred years old that uh, were registering to vote, and that was because they weren't born in hospitals. So in the '60s, when they registered them to vote, they just put down their birth date as 1900, and so they were showing up as being 120 years old. <laughs> and people, you know, Republicans were making a big deal about that. Oh, this is election fraud, and that's that's why it was. Uh, and people not born in hospitals, they might not have birth certificates. But And then the thing is, on the driver's license things, why are they changing these laws anyway? I mean, are they? you're saying you don't think that necessarily law enforcement would be prejudiced against them, but how many illegals have ever voted in the United States? Are they changing these laws to stop the two people that were illegal and tried to vote? Because that, that just doesn't happen. 
I mean, they're the people who are legally they're trying to they're trying to be under the radar. They're not going to go around filling out ballots and voting at elections. Well, if that's the case, then it probably shouldn't matter at all. Then why would they care? Well, if it I mean, if it never well, ever happens, then I think that it was shouldn't a, matter. I think that was the question yeah, he was well, asking. If, if it never happens, why are we just why are we enacting all these silly laws for things that never happen? You know, I mean what. What what election fraud have they found? It's just it's just a whole well, bunch I mean, of nonsense. You can say that you know what election fraud, but there's election fraud in every single election. Now it's not widespread fraud, but there is proven election fraud that has happened in every single election yeah, that's happened. Are they, are they finding people who were voting twice? Or have you ever heard of any cases of illegals voting? That I don't know. That, that that that's not where the election fraud doesn't come from. In-person voting fraud. I mean, the whole ID thing is kind of nonsense because mm-hmm. that that's you know. But they're they're just there is what they're doing. They're just following this whole Trump thing and election stolen thing and trying to pass a bunch of nonsensical laws that we don't need. They just saying, you know. I mean, you, so if you have if you have a neighbor that's a senior citizen wants you to drop off her ballot, you can't do it. I mean, they're just. This is just all part of this whole nuts thing that the election was stolen and Trump was being picked on nonsense. And we're just we're just jumping on the bandwagon like all the other hillbillies in the country. All right. Uh, thank you for the hillbilly comment. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I would like to make sure that there's no fraud going on in our election. Even one piece of fraud going on in our election. Um, we've asked that question before, yeah, and this I, has nothing to do with personally, Trump. Personally, I don't think we need to spend that much money on it, though. Yeah. It hasn't been a problem. Well, and, now. and this particular thing with the li- driver's licenses, they've the, said the, that it's the going to cost about $24,000. The biggest problem in this last election was that people kept accusing other people of uh, cheating. Yeah. No, um, nobody's been convicted for anything yet. The part, you know, the parts of this have nothing to do, you know, w- with Trump, at least in my opinions why i don't have a problem Mm -hmm. you know making it illegal to deliver non-family members mail-in ballots to the post office um one of the things that should be looked into is he did mention and i i also mentioned the same thing you have a senior center center where you don't have a say somebody who lives close to you close enough to you uh to deliver those ballots except for the fact that you don't have to have your ballots personally delivered. There is a lot of time. We know every year the second Tuesday of November is the day to vote. You don't need a reason in Idaho to vote absentee. Everybody can vote absentee just by requesting a ballot. Mm-hmm. So that using that as an excuse doesn't necessarily hold water. Um, the one that I will say that I don't understand is eliminating same-day voter registration. I, right. I, that I don't get. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me um luckily we have the legislator uh, legislatures um while it's in session we have legislators and lawmakers in so it's something that we can talk about coming up thursday and friday every thursday morning and every friday morning at eight thirty-five, we talk to house and uh, senate representatives that's a good question to ask what 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 exactly are they trying to do by eliminating you know, same-day registration there are some people who are you know argue that you need to for some reason streamline the voting process you know make everything go more simply and uh, that's, you know, that, that sounds great when you say it, but not when you try to explain exactly why. Uh, it, it seems to me that the one thing they need to be is more thorough. Yeah. You know, I, I would love it if, if everybody that was eligible to vote did. 
James one, uh, you know, once each, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That should go without saying. Well, um, I'd say it anyway. Uh, James says no, no, no to citizenship on driver's licenses. Why? A major industry around most universities is creating fake IDs. So <laughs> why wouldn't a non-citizen or any group wanting to vote not pay for a counterfeit license? They would. Okay. Yeah, but if you have a counterfeit license, it's not registered anywhere that you can look up. <laughs> um. Robin writes in, proud hillbilly, hillbilly here. Cheers. <laughs> uh, thank you, Robin. Um, uh, Rich is crazy naive for his age. I don't know how we got to be that old and that unwise. That comes from uh, Ginger. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, what do you think? Idaho lawmakers trying to introduce bills that would tighten voting rules here in the state of Idaho. Your thoughts? Three new bills uh, have been introduced. Plus uh, an extra bill that we were talking about having to do with uh, designation on Idaho driver's license to differentiate between citizens and non-citizens. We'll take your phone calls and emails coming up. News coming up next at the bottom of the hour. KBY News Time is 926. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBY. on your driver's license. When questioned about the bill, the lawmaker who proposed it says he hopes it will make voting easier. I can go ahead and answer that there. Um, a couple of different things. We want to make it easier for um, citizens in different, uh, when they need to have a, a citizenship proof of citizenship, similar to like voting, because you're supposed to be a citizen of the United States. So it just gives them an option when they register to vote that it actually shows their citizenship. Now, the development cost for ITD for this would be roughly $24,000. Am I in the minority, by the way, uh, in that my actual weight is actually on my ID? Probably. Because Bruce uh, from Loman has written in, and he says, wait, wait? And it's a pun, you know. Uh, I don't mind having my weight on my driver's license. They don't actually weigh you when you renew your DL. <laughs> they just ask you. I have been at a steady 175 for 30 or 40 years now. Hillbillies rock. Um, I, I, and, I, and I, I don't know. I guess I'm uh, stupidly honest uh, I, sometimes. I've joked before that uh, you know I want to go on a diet because I'm only you know thirty pounds away from my uh, weight on my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just continued to renew it and kept the same thing for the uh, last two or three renewals. What was that uh, Irma Bombeck thing when you go on vacation? Uh, you uh, keep looking at your driver's license photo, and when you look just like that, it's time to come home. <laughs> uh, Jim writes in, I don't think Idaho has a problem yet with election fraud. With the increase in population, it will b- probably become more of a problem. Maybe. Same-day registration, yes, make it easier for people to vote, which is what we want. And would probably be quite a task for me to prove I am a citizen since I do not have a copy of my birth certificate. Mm. Um, Jim can you get a copy of your birth certificate? Because I, I used, I don't, I didn't have a copy of my birth certificate. I had called my mother. She didn't have a copy of it. I'm sure I had it in one of my moves. Accidentally got thrown away, lost somewhere. But even though you don't have a copy of your birth certificate, can you get one? Because that's what I did. I, I had to get a new copy because right. I want to get a passport and you have to have a copy of your birth certificate to get a passport. So is it something you just don't have and have no way of getting, or is it something you can we, get? We have a weird system at our house. Ours is in a folder in um, 
the uh, file cabinet with mm-hmm. all the other um, uh, documents we need. That's that's where my wife and I keep yeah. ours. It's in it's actually in a locked uh, lockbox where I, we have our I say our that social security card, all birth certificates, things like that. I say that uh, I am fifty six year, years old. It's been in there since last year. Ah, so it's something before brand that, new. Before that, we did not have a system. They were everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Debbie, can I, Debbie can was I take famous a guess? also. She's she's been famous for years for putting something in a safe place and then not remembering what that is. And then she'll find stuff like months later and go, oh, this is great. I forgot I even had this. Can I ask, is the reason you started doing this, um, because I know your parents recently passed away. That is exactly right. You learned a lesson. We we had to keep proving who we were to lawyers and banks and and the government and everybody else. And it's it's much easier when you have your birth certificate. Uh, Dave, Garden City, good morning. You're on News Talk KVOI. Hello. Hello. Okay, it's me. Um, I just the, my question on the whole thing is why are we making it so easy to vote? We should make it. You know, if you want to vote, you're going to go down and vote. If you want to vote bad enough, you're going to find a way to vote. We we make everything. We're trying to make everything in our world easier and easier and easier, so that there's you don't have to work for anything. Uh, as far as the ID, every you know in Idaho, it's ridiculous that you can go down and vote. I've worked at the polls, and somebody comes in and you say, "Can I see your ID?" And they say, "I don't want to show it." Okay, then what's your name? And you can give them a name of somebody that you know is on the on the the list and their address. You sign an affidavit stating that that's who you are. You walk through, you vote, you walk out the door. They have no way of tracking you down, and you've made an illegal vote simply because you said I didn't want to show my ID. How often Everybody did that? Should've... How often did that happen when you were working there? Oh, people that come in. Yeah, we were down on the north. We worked down on the north end, and I'd say during the the last not the last election, but the election before, mm-hmm. there was probably thirty or forty people that come in and do that. That many people didn't want to show their ID, huh? Abs- absolutely, and I mean, and we're talking. There were people that I knew that were lawyers and had worked in banks and stuff like that. I mean, they were people that had no reason not to show yeah. their ID. It's, it's, it's funny. It, yeah, it's funny not to show your ID when you, they're you going to write down your name and address and, and everything else anyway. Yeah. Unless, unless they're not giving their true name and address. I yeah, guess. I well, you know, these people, the ones that I knew were giving their right name, but the thing of it is, is that it's just we've made we're trying to make things so simple for people and it's just not the way it should be. If you want to vote, be proud to vote. And if you're informed, go in and vote. It's, it's just silly to, to come up with all these different reasons to why we want to make it so simple. Mm-hmm. It's, it, people should work to that's I think, the way our country I, is. I think you the, should be proud to vote. The attitude behind it, I think, is is that you don't have to work for your vote. You're entitled to it, uh, you know, because it's a right. Absolutely, but even with anything, I mean, I'm entitled to drive, but I'm not entitled to run red lights. True. I mean, you have to follow the rules, yeah. and if you want to vote bad enough, you'll follow the rules and you'll go and vote. So the, if you don't the, want to follow the rules, then you don't want to vote bad enough. Okay. Thank so, you for so the call, the, Dave. The moral of that story is, is follow the rules. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate your thoughts.
It's not the it's not the moral of every story we tell. No. Uh, Wayne writes in uh, Mike at uh, KBOI dot com. I'd like to hear arguments in favor of same day registration. If people do not value the vote enough to invest time to register, I wonder how invested they really are in the system. Granted, there is no knowledge test required for voting, but an True. informed electorate is helpful. It, As I read this, it sounds it, awfully harsh. It is helpful. But I do wonder. It is helpful, but uh, they did away with having to pass a test in order to vote a long time ago because that was a way to keep people from voting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I, I don't understand, and you're right, it is kind of harsh saying, you know, that it is... If you want to vote bad enough, you're going to go red pre-register, which which is true. But, I mean, why make it harder on something like voting if you have all the necessary documents? Mm-hmm. Why say, it's okay to register yesterday, but you can't register today? Yeah. I, I, I just don't, well, I I mean, don't you, you get can, that. You can justify it. You, you can actually, you can pretend to justify it by saying, well, there's a possibility somebody could cheat. Well, by the same token... You could go into a store and everything they have is behind lock and key that you can only look through, you know, glass to see it because otherwise there might be shoplifting. Now, would you set, would you stand for that? No. Okay. You wouldn't go into that store. But I mean, it's, 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 it's it's not a, it's not a, you know, a terribly apt, uh, comparison because, you know, those are completely different things. I'm just saying that, uh, it's, it's a case of making something more difficult when it's not exactly necessary, or at least most people don't think it's necessary. Some do, obviously. I guess, I guess for this particular part of the bill introduced in the legislature, and, and to your point, if you are down and determined that you're going to cheat, mm-hmm. why would you not cheat on November 6th, but you would on November 7th? That's, that's what I don't understand. You know, and I know it's simplifying it by saying, "Hey, as long as you don't register on the day your vote, we, it makes it harder no. to cheat." Well, if you're going to cheat, how does it make it harder to the, on November sixth as opposed to the, one day later? I don't, I don't get that. I think part of the interesting thing about this is that you never used to hear about this. Uh, you know, pe- people didn't suspect anyone of voter fraud, with the exception of certain places in the South, like for instance, when Lyndon Johnson uh, won his first vote for uh, Congress, uh, somebody accused him of, you know, basically uh, stacking the the deck, and uh, they never proved it, and so nobody was ever, but, but that followed him, you know, through his whole career. But again, it didn't stop him from becoming president of the United States. Yeah. Um, no name on this email says, same-day registration is fraught with fraud. You can go in with absolutely no info on yourself, no power bill, no driver's license, no ID. Tell them who you think you are, and they have to believe you. Just sign this affidavit. Mm-hmm. We promise never to look into it, and, and everything you, is now legal. No voter they, fraud to be seen here. They then give you a provisional ballot that they will check out before it counts. Uh, thank you. I was just going to bring that same thing up. You're 100% right. You Just just because you go in the day of, yeah. um, you're given a provisional ballot, and then after the election is over, they will check to make sure that you are indeed who you are are actually say you are when when you voted. So, I mean, you are being vetted. It's not like you're going in on the day of, and as she just he just tried to mention, saying, I'm, I'm saying who I am, now take my vote, and that's the end of it. That's not the end of it. Um, by the way, um, Representative Moon's bill, co-sponsored by uh, Regina Bayer, Republican from Meridian, would also eliminate student identification cards from the list of acceptable voter IDs. 
Instead, students could use a driver's license or state-issued photo ID along with the utility bill to prove who they are, who they say they are. Here's my problem with that. Here's a, here's a yeah. If you're an 18 year old high school senior, yeah, uh, you're eligible to vote, but you probably don't have a power bill with your name on it. Exactly. What about those people who don't have a power bill or or some other bill that comes in their in their name? And, and for some reason, high school kids aren't anxious to drive like they used to be. Even college kids. I, I don't get that. When I was 14, you know, I was well, I'd, I'd been driving for two years with my dad out in the country, but. Uh, I was absolutely ready. I mean, I didn't wait one second when I could get a driver's license. Neither did anybody else my age. But now, I mean, you know, there's some people like, well, I'm 23, but I I just never did take driver's ed yet. Yeah. Um, Even my own kids. Even my own kids. I mean, when I was 14, everybody was like, oh, I got to get my driver's license. My even our own kids were. We had to push some of them to get their driver's license so they could help to drive kids to school and and sporting events and stuff like that. And it's like, well, why do you want your your driver's license? And he goes, you know, the ones that didn't get it. It's like, well, I have other people that can drive. It's like it's not a big problem. It's like, well, it is for us. We need you to drive. Well, I your think brothers and sisters. We, we to probably other events. we probably had. I, I don't know why it would be this way, but we probably had freedom issues that they don't have. You know, because driving is freedom, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you're driving. A car that you've borrowed, it's kind of free. Well, part of the difference between my kids and me was that if I wanted to walk somewhere or get a ride, somebody would have to drive 16 miles out in the country to pick me up and do it. Good point. Uh, yeah, they, they didn't have that problem. They could walk to school or whatever. We'll take a break. One final segment on the way, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you're on the phone, wait right where you're at. We'll get to you when we come back. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 952083363700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless email in. This is so true about the birth certificate thing. Problem is people is people, not the birth certificate. When they need it to get a passport to go on vacation to Cancun, they'll work the phone three hours a day to do so. When they need it to vote, it's just way too hard. Uh, Carol writes in and says, why did everyone need to get a star card for our driver's license? Isn't it good enough for voting? Voting should be easy. Why are we making it harder? Star card is just a fly. Well, and uh, to go into... uh, Federal, Fed, building. federal buildings, offices, yeah. But there again, I mean, it could it could be used for more than just that. Caldwell, uh, Kevin in Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Uh, I have a personal experience that reason why I think they should make our, our uh, election system stronger and more difficult is it already has, has problems. I uh, was told, you know, great, Idaho's got this uh, security system of using an ID to have to vote that you can go in and you can vote without an ID. You just have to sign an affidavit. And I did that. I tested that one time a couple years ago, and I went in. I signed the affidavit. I was given a ballot that looked just like everybody else's ballot. There was no difference. And when I was done voting, it went right in the box with everybody else's ballot. It was called a provisional ballot, but how in the world could they ever separate it if I was not who I was? Yeah, in that instance, I don't know. I don't know if there was markings on the uh, ballot that maybe you couldn't see. I I have no idea. It came right from the same stack as everybody else's. The system is not correct. It's not 100% safe. They can make it better, just they don't want to. Can, so, they, can they make I'm it 100% safe? I'd like, I'd like to see some changes. 
All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, email in mike at kboi.com. They do not give you a provisional ballot. I've watched, and if they did, how do they trace it? Back to the fraudulent voter, put out the effort, and uh, register. Jan in Boise says, I get confused with Republican theory. I understand less government, but why is it okay to enact government laws about voting? So her question is, uh, why more when you always want less government? All of a sudden you're adding more. Uh, Mike writes in and says, the Supreme Court of the United States does not have the final say on the constitutionality of laws, according to Idaho legislator Ron Nate. Who does then, Ron Nate? Yeah, I, I don't know what you're specifically talking about, but that would seem to be Apparently incorrect, that a, right? <laughs> that was a quote from him, that the Supreme Court of the United States does not have the final say on the constitutionality of laws. Uh, they certainly do have a say. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're there to enforce. But again, if he is not his to question, make laws, his question, to enforce if they're, if, the they're is. if they're not the ones with the final say, then who is? Uh, Jeff writes in and says, so for the grocery tax, just tax everyone and give Idaho citizens a grocery tax refund at the end of every year. That was one of the possibilities. Solves the issue of losing taxes paid by folks outside Idaho. So he would vote not to get rid of the grocery tax. Yeah, you return, you you collect it from everybody, but then you return it to the people who are citizens of the state only. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. I'm... Basically, I've said the same thing. I don't think, in my opinion, that the legislator, legislature is going to get rid of the grocery tax. I think they're going to increase the grocery tax credit um, because there are a lot more people that make more money with the grocery tax credit. Plus, you, as he mentioned, you lose all that money from people visiting. I think that's the reason why that when this comes down to a vote in the uh, legislature later this year, that this is why this is going to happen. I don't necessarily have any insider knowledge on that, but just based on, you know, people we've been talking to, even though this was supposed to be a uh, short-term tax for just a couple of years, and it has been, what, 13, 14 years and growing every year, uh, I don't think it's going to be a temporary mm-hmm. tax. Temporary tax means temporary isn't as in the way that, say, life or the earth is temporary. Oh, well, not, you see, no, that's true. We're, we're just talking hundreds of millions of years. There we go. Uh, another Tempor- email temporary. showing up the day and signing an affidavit still doesn't have you registered. It just allows you to vote and perhaps repeatedly. Once again, that is a felony. Mm-hmm. Don't need a new law to say that that's a felony because it is a felony if you are going to do that. Uh, another email. Have you ever had a report from the election results telling us how many so-called provisional ballots were cast and how many of those were thrown out due to fraud? Nope. Nope. I have not. I've not seen that or seen a report. The assumption there being that it's not very many. Yeah. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, we do have a pair of tickets, UNLV, Boise State, coming up Friday night. Would you like to go to the game? Caller number six right now at 208-336-3700. Those tickets are yours. If you don't win now, we'll have more today or tomorrow.